Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. In the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today on the first Sunday after Pascha, as always, we're given the Gospel of St. John in chapter 20. And we find in this narrative the remembrance of the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ appearing to his disciples. First appearing to his disciples without Thomas. And then later on the eighth day, appearing to his disciples with Thomas then present. And many out there like to take a look at this and single out Thomas that this is the story about Thomas's doubting. You've heard him called Doubting Thomas. I'll let you know as much as I love you, I hate that expression. Because it's absolutely so absolutely both right and wrong and unfair to pluck blessed St. Thomas out among all the disciples. Because really what we're seeing today in this narrative is the narrative of, a, of all of the disciples who were in darkness and fears and anxieties in those few days. And none of them have a strong faith. Absolutely none of them. And they all need the living Lord Jesus to be with them to increase their faith. And I tell you that this day actually is a day that is always every year so greatly encouraging to me personally. Because I will tell you and I will confess to you right now that I am a man, you may identify with this, I am a man who is in dire and deep need of a consistently growing faith, a strengthening of my faith, and particularly in the darkest of times. And so what I see happen today always ministers to me. I pray that it will to you as well. And I say that this story that we're going to see today, what actually happened is not just about St. Thomas going from a doubt to great faith, but all of the disciples. I say that because of the way that if you look at all the Gospels, how chronologically this event plays out. Because I tell you right now that St. Thomas was not the first of the disciples to doubt that Jesus Christ was risen. If you look at the Gospel of St. Luke in chapter 24, Mary Magdalene, who had seen her Lord resurrected, she and the myrrh-bearing women, you remember, they rushed to the disciples, and Thomas isn't with them yet even then, but they rushed to the disciples proclaiming, He's risen. Our Lord has risen. But do you remember what Luke records is the response of the disciples? Listen to it. And the women's words seemed to them like idle tales. And the disciples did not believe them. Thomas wasn't the only one struggling in his faith. Our Lord's disciples, they doubted and discarded these blessed holy women that had just come from an empty tomb seeing the risen Lord. You see, there's a reason for that. I think we can all identify with various times in our lives like this. But the disciples, my friends, I tell you quite frankly, they're at a real crisis of faith. In those days that followed the crucifixion, death, and burial of their Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, I want you to think about how their entire world had turned in their lives. Been taken inside out. They had just concluded living with Him. Jesus Christ, day to day, traveling with Him for three years. Drinking in everything that He taught. And everything that He did. That blessed and most precious community that had Jesus Christ at the center of it. That community of disciples. 
had just been torn apart and scattered because the very center of their community, Jesus Christ, had been taken from them, tortured, crucified, and buried in a grave. He was dead. And so we find them in these moments, having lost their light. And they are dwelling in some significant darkness of mind and spirit, with fears, with anxieties, and with profound sorrow over everything that they had just experienced. And they're hiding, barricaded in a room for fear that the Jews who did this to their Lord would seek them out to do the same to them. Can you just picture, embrace for just a moment, the sheer shift of their existence that happened within a day. And this is what they're going through in these moments. And so what we see today, and what's for us today too, is we see the deliverer of mankind as we spoke about our Lord through Holy Week and through His resurrection. We see the deliverer of mankind delivering His disciples out of the darkness of mind and soul by His presence with them. And so we look at the Gospel of St. John in chapter 20, and we start off with the apostles being in the room held up and Thomas is not with them. Listen to what is described for us. I start in verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst of them. Get the picture. No door opened. There was no knock. The resurrected Lord Jesus Christ and his resurrected body came through brick and mortar and whatever that building was built of. And he came right into their midst. And then he spoke to them, peace be with you. And when they had seen, when they, when he said this, he showed them his hands and he showed them his side. You see, Jesus, before he appeared to them, he already knew their struggles. With the very struggles he prayed for them before he went to his crucifixion. That Satan would not snatch them during this time. He was well aware of what was going on in their mind and their heart and their soul. But the solution to their darkness of the fears and anxieties and the profound sadness. The solution had nothing to do with a circumstance. Any circumstances surrounding them. Their comfort. Their consolation. That which would raise them up out of that pit of their distress and their darkness was a person, not a circumstance. It was the person of Jesus Christ himself, their absolutely risen Lord, who had conquered death. St. Cyril of Alexandria, he puts it this way. When Christ greeted his holy disciples with the words, peace be with you, by peace he meant himself. For Christ's Presence always brings tranquility of soul. St. Maximus the Confessor speaking similarly. He taught this. Through the greeting of peace, he breathes on them and bestows his tranquility. And then after granting them the peace of his presence, he reveals himself to them. He shows them the scars, the marks of his passion. And from that revelation... They knew he was truly their Lord and their God. And their mourning was immediately turned to joy. And all of their anxieties were quelled by his presence with them and his revelation to them of himself. 
what we have got to see today, the very message our Lord wants to implant in our souls for the rest of our days is this. Is that the consolation of our souls and the gift of Christ of great faith comes only from the active and very real presence of the risen Lord in our lives who is present within our soul and all around us to constantly reveal himself to us so that we may look at him and say, you are my Lord and my God. That is the only means of consolation for the souls of humankind. So now we look and we look at St. Thomas, who was not with them in that first experience. So now these disciples who have that experience, they rush out trying to find Thomas and they come upon Thomas and they start declaring Christ is risen. We've seen him. He showed us his scars. And what is Thomas's response? Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now, you see, you start singling out Thomas for a statement like this, but he did nothing different than the disciples did with Mary Magdalene and the myrrh-bearing women when they came proclaiming the risen Christ, right? Thomas was struggling in his faith like they all were at that time. And just because he didn't believe their testimony and just because the disciples didn't believe the testimony of the myrrh-bearing women, don't think they didn't want to. Don't think that their hearts weren't yearning that that would be true. And so it is on the eighth day, we're told, all of the disciples, now including Thomas, they're again shut up in that room. And the door is being shut up again. Jesus appears in the very same way now that they're all gathered. And he grants them peace by speaking it to them and by being present with them. But then notice, he does not wait for Thomas to ask, Lord, let me touch you. Let me put my finger in the nail prints, my hand in your side. He rather goes directly to Thomas and invites it. He says, reach your finger here and look at my hands. Reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas did so. He experienced Christ. And only then did he proclaim my Lord and my God. Why is this about Thomas so absolutely comforting to me? And why should it be to all of us? You see, there's a reason that Thomas didn't need to ask to touch those prints in our Lord's hand and in his side. Rather, Jesus went right to him. And the reason is this. It shows us how present Jesus was with Thomas when he was doubting in the first place. When the disciples, Peter and the rest of them, went to Thomas proclaiming their experience and Thomas was struggling greatly in his faith, Jesus was present even then with Thomas. He knew his struggle. He knew his darkness. When Thomas could not see Jesus and was struggling to believe, Jesus was walking with him even in those moments. And he knew his struggle. And this is why he goes directly to Thomas, knowing precisely what his heart needed to come out of the darkness and to be filled with great faith. And he gives it to him. And St. Thomas' soul is lifted up. Joy returns. And he's built a great faith within him. And dear friends, I tell you this in all truth. Christ, our resurrected Lord, is equally present with us when we are in our most weak state of faith. 
He is equally present with us in the weakest moments of our faith, in the greatest times of our suffering, in the greatest times of our anxiety and our confusion. And he knows how to bring us from that to a joy that makes no sense, to a peace that we can't understand in the midst of those circumstances because he knows our souls so perfectly. When I see Thomas struggling in his faith, I absolutely applaud what he did when he struggled in the weakness of his faith. Because St. Thomas was real. He was authentic about his struggle in his faith, about his weakness. And what did he cry out? What was he crying out? I need to see Jesus. I need Jesus present with me. I need to touch him. I need to experience him. Everything his soul longed for is exactly what our Lord longed to grant to him. St. Thomas in his weakness was authentic about being in his weakness. And he called out the very right, the most right thing you can cry out. Jesus, come to me. Let me experience you. Have you ever considered that Sama's prayer, asking to see and touch Jesus, may be very close to the prayer of the father with the demon-possessed child in St. Mark in chapter 9, who called out to Christ that blessed prayer, Lord, I believe, and then what's next? Help my unbelief. Don't tell me, St. Thomas, and the rest of the disciples did not have a measure of faith when they were going through all of this. Of course they did. They'd been with him for three years. But St. Thomas, by asking to experience Christ in the weakness of his faith, is saying, Lord, I believe. Please come help my unbelief. And the Lord heard St. Thomas' prayer, and he did so. And St. Thomas' faith was an astounding faith from that point forward. What would be the result of Christ's presence and revelation of himself to St. Thomas? Listen to St. John Chrysostom on this. Who said, Thomas, for a brief time, being weaker in faith than the other apostles, toiled through the grace of God more bravely, more zealously, and tirelessly than them all. So that he went preaching over nearly all of the earth, not fearing to proclaim the word of God even to savage nations. This holy blessed apostles, we haven't recorded that he birthed churches, baptized many, seeing them filled with the Holy Spirit in Palestine, Mesopotamia, Parthia, Ethiopia, and all the way to India, where in India, by his great faith and his immeasurable love for the God who loved him and was present with him, St. Thomas would give up his life in holy martyrdom for the sake of the one he experienced and had touched on that day. My friends, Christ, your God, is infinitely present with you in the weakest and toughest moments of your existence. But we have got to be a people who will be real and set our face in the right direction during those times so that we can look at Christ, call out to him and say, come and be present with me. Come and reveal yourself to me so that I can know you and be filled with joy. And be blessed from that experience with the gift of great faith. Because if we do that, we will get that increased faith. And we will live and dwell in the peace that Christ himself has. And we will become 
absolutely living icons to this world showing forth the reality of our resurrected Lord Jesus Christ who is present with us. For Christ is risen. Indeed. Christ is risen. Indeed. Christ is risen. Indeed. Father and Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.